Welcome back, Giants fans. It's the same stuff, a different week. The Giants have no offense. Boston Scott scores a touchdown against us. The Giants lose by a lot against the Eagles at Philly. You know, nothing new here. So the Giants lost 34-10. It was like 34-3 at one point. The Giants actually had a 3-0 lead. So I guess Philly went on like a 34-0 run, if my math's correct. I don't know, but... It was an ugly game, and once the score reached 13-3, you knew it was over. The Giants couldn't muster up any offense whatsoever. Jake Fromm had um, a performance I'm sure he wants to forget about. 6 of 17, 25 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. So I don't know how you have 17 pass attempts and 25 yards. It doesn't make much sense to me, but this was um, a historically bad performance, and we saw Mike Glennon come back in in the third quarter. And he was okay, definitely not good, but Mike Glennon had a garbage time touchdown to Evan Ingram, so I guess that was cool. But, you know, if you had to compare both quarterbacks today, obviously Mike Glennon looked a lot better, and now I don't know who the starter is going to be going forward. It doesn't really matter, but it would not shock me if Mike Glennon started against Chicago next week. So we'll find out what happens there. So this day is, uh, this day stinks, let's be honest. So Seattle just lost to Chicago. Obviously not good because the Giants have Chicago's first round pick. That does not help. And Chicago, as we know, has a good chance of winning next week because they play the Giants. So Chicago might go out on a two-game win streak here if they do beat the Giants, which they should, I would think. So that's not what you want to see. Um, obviously, the Giants look like an embarrassment. And when I woke up today, I saw a report from Adam Schefter that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones are likely back in 2022. So the Giants want to make no big changes. The only change we're getting is Dave Gettleman being gone. But I would assume that if the biggest decisions for this team are already made, which is keeping the quarterback and head of coach, that would mean it's more of an in-house hire for a GM, which probably means Kevin Abrams will be hired. Now, could these reports be wrong and things could change in the next two weeks? Yeah, I guess that could happen, but just... The most likely scenario right now looks like it's Judge and Jones staying for next year and an in-house hire, which in all likelihood would be Kevin Abrams. It would not be shocking at this point. So for the Giants running game, it was more of the same that we've seen the past few weeks here as Devontae Booker outperforms Saquon Barkley once again, but Barkley gets a lot more work. Barkley had 15 carries for only 32 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. So without that long run, you know, Saquon's numbers don't look very good this year, as we know. And Devontae Booker had six carries for 27 yards, four and a half yards of carry. So when I'm watching these games, you could just see that Devontae Booker just makes more of his carries. Could it be that the Giants offensive line, for some reason, blocks better when Devontae Booker's in? Maybe. You can make the stacked box argument, but I'm pretty sure that's been debunked. So I don't think you can use the stacked box argument for Saquon Barkley. I don't think teams fear Saquon Barkley the same way they once did. So... I don't know if that's a valid excuse anymore, but yeah, I mean, Devontae Booker has looked better and he has now for the past month or so. Um, I would think by now coming off the ankle injury, which happened a couple months ago, that Saquon Barkley is 100% by now, but this might just be who he is. I don't know. Obviously, this is not the best place to be a running back. We know that. The quarterbacks are terrible. The offensive line is not good. Um, it's not a good place to succeed as an offensive player, but at the same time, when Devontae Booker looks good, 
that's kind of a concern. So Saquon should be back on the fifth year option next year. There is a chance he's traded, but at this point in time, what are you getting for Saquon once again? Probably not much. So you have to deal with that. And do the Giants maybe start Devontae Booker next week and make a statement to Barkley? I have no idea. I just feel like the Giants are not going to go hard on the guy. It's, I don't know, it's been a rough career for him so far post-2018 dealing with the injuries and such. I have no idea how to motivate him and whatnot, but it's just when Barkley's right, the Giants are a better team. I mean, not by a whole lot, but you know, obviously Saquon putting up 2,000 scrimmage yards in, in 2018 is a lot better than what we're getting right now from him, which is just, it's below average running back play. Let's be honest. Let's tell it how it is. I mean, this guy's not playing well, and we're not seeing that generational tag that he was given coming out of Penn State. So I don't know if I'll get back to that. Maybe he will one day on a better team, but just right now it's not happening. So Kenny Galladay had another very underwhelming day, a three catch, 22 yard day, eight targets, just couldn't connect. I feel like, you know, sometimes Galladay does not give it a full effort on some of these balls. I mean, it's just like he's kind of just out there going through the motions, it feels like, sadly. So, um, yeah, so far it has not been worth the money. I said in one of the recent question videos, I think that Galladay with better quarterback play could be a better player next year. I'm not totally giving up on the guy. I still think he's talented. I saw what he did in Detroit for a couple of years. He's a good player. Just right now, this is not working out, and it's no surprise at this point, but the guy is just kind of a decoy out there, and he's not doing much. It's sad, so you know, paying the guy, I think, $72 million over four years and seeing the very much lack of production we're getting from Kenny Galladay is uh, it's pretty bad, so I hope that changes next year, but we'll see how that goes. Kadarius Tony made a comeback, so he's back from the injury, but unfortunately did not do much. Four catches, 28 yards. Trying to think if he made any like spectacular plays. There was nothing great. I think he made one or two guys miss when he um, you know, had some yards after the catch, but nothing really great out of Kadarius Tony. I would like to see more of Kadarius Tony play quarterback. I mean, why not? Like what are, what are we doing at this point? Like there's no reason to put Mike Mike Lennon back there all the time. Like we know Kadarius Tony, I think, has some type of quarterback background. So if the Giants want to put him in there and throw maybe three, four, five passes against the Bears next week. Just put that in there. Like, just implement that package into the offense. Like, we have nothing to lose at this point, and I think fans would enjoy that. Evan Engram may have caught his last Giants touchdown. So we saw that, of course. It was like 34, what was the score? 34 to uh, 3, and Evan Engram had a touchdown there at the end. So that was nice to see. I mean, it's a shame Engram dropped that ball last year against Philly at Philly, but he caught this one, but this was a garbage time touchdown. And, you know, I've always liked Evan Engram. I know he's made some really bad plays for this team, but I just always thought he was like a, you know, keep his head down, hard worker type guy. Never really said anything bad to the media. Of course, he was a Giants first round pick. So I don't know. I liked Engram, but I do realize his time here might be over, but I do realize that Joe Judge likes Evan Engram a lot, so is there a chance he's re-signed? Sure, I just don't know what the contract would be, obviously, but I can't see Engram making a ton of money based on the production we've seen in the last couple of years, or lack thereof, although the man was a pro bowl last year somehow, but still, this year has not gone well for Evan Engram. So as I mentioned, big second half for Philly. The Giants were outscored 31-7 in the second half, and as I said to you guys, once the score was 13-3, to it was a two-possession game, that's when I said, hey, this game's over. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, that's how bad our offense is. Once the defense gives up X amount of points, you know it's over. And when that number's 13 points, you know your offense is very embarrassing. So, yeah, once the score reached that, it was over. The Eagles had, um, you know, Alex Singleton, the linebacker, out of pick six. Um, Lane Johnson, the right tackle for the Eagles, had his first career touchdown. I like when offensive linemen score, but just 
I didn't want it to be against us, so that was not good. But, yeah, I guess congrats to Lane Johnson for that touchdown. Um, the Giants were 8 for 20 on, I put second, third. I meant to say third downs, my bad. I, I kind of screwed up the graphic. But the Giants were 8 for 20 on third downs, um, and there were a lot of, like, handoffs. There was, like, a lot of third and eights, third and 13s, third and 12s that were just halfback draws, kind of just giving up on the uh, drive. So it's not much of a surprise. And I don't want to say I don't blame the coaches because they don't have the necessary quarterback. But, like, come on, you're 4-10. and 10. Like, just throw the freaking ball on third and medium, third and long. Like, who cares? What do we have to lose? Like, we don't want to see third and 13 handoff to Booker for five yards. Like, I just don't want to see it, you know? It's sad. Like, someone brought this up, and it was it was funny because it's true. When Victor Cruz scored his 99-yard touchdown, one of my favorite plays um, from being a Giants fan, honestly, against the Jets, you guys know the play. It was like a third and 11, and they threw the ball. And someone quote-treated saying, like, oh, nowadays they would run that ball. It was funny how that works. But, yeah, like the Giants' lack of aggressiveness on offense is nothing new. We know what it is. The Giants are not very aggressive offensively. I'll go over a Joe Judge punting play later that pissed me off. But it's just it's things like that where the Giants are playing for nothing right now. It's just like you're going out there to play hard and try to win the game. Like, why are you running a halfback draw? It's not going to work. Third and 15, third and 13. Just saw too much of that today. It was annoying. So yeah, didn't like seeing that. I'll talk about the cowardly Joe Judge punt. I think it was the Giants' third drive of the game. 324 left in the first, fourth and three, and the Giants were on Philly's 44-yard line. So they were like five, six yards over midfield. So they were in Philly territory, fourth and three. You know, end of the first quarter, 0-0 score. You're four and ten. You're underdogs by a good amount, I believe. I forget what the spread was, but the Giants were underdogs, of course. So the Giants were going to go for, and in typical Joe Judge fashion, the offense runs on the field, special teams runs on the field, or they ran off the field, and the special teams ran on the field, and they punted the ball. And the funny part is, our punter is horrendous. Now, this is the next part I want to get to. So, yes, that was a cowardly decision by Joe Judge. Just freaking go for it. What do we have to lose at this point? Like, come on. But Riley Dixon, who at this point is probably the most likely cut candidate when this season's over punted eight times, which is a ton for one game, but for a net average of 36.8 yards. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the NFL average for punts, but it's got to be over 40. Like, for you to punt a 36 yards on average is awful. I'm sure Riley Dixon's a wonderful human. I'm sure he's a good guy. Never heard a bad thing about him, but, like, he is not doing his job well enough. He's a good holder. I'll give him that. But, like, no, nah, it's right now as a punter, it's not working. And hopefully the Giants next year just draft somebody out of college, you know, just a cheap fifth, sixth, seventh round pick and make that guy the punter because paying Riley Dixon money, a lot of money, is not working right now. And he's definitely probably going to be cut next year, I would assume. So, you know, that was pretty much it for the offense. The offensive line wasn't that good. Andrew Thomas was the only guy who played well, I feel like. Everyone else had their moments of just not doing well. A lot of pressures were let up in this game. Um, the run holes were not really there most times. A lot of running backs being stuffed in the backfield. A lot of Saquon runs being stuffed in the backfield. So some of that was him dancing. Some of that was actually him having nowhere to go. So it's it's on both sides, I guess. But yeah, it's just, you know, the offensive line was not good in this game. I'll put it that way. Matt Parrott was injured, I believe, in this game. We saw Cunningham. I forget his first name, but Cunningham came in for him. Um, and yeah, I think, I don't know what Matt Parrott's like severity of the injury is, but I feel bad for the guy because he actually got the start for once because Nate Solder and Danny Shelton were out with COVID. So of course, Matt Parrott filled in at right tackle for Nate Solder and the guy 
couldn't even last till halftime. He was injured. So I feel bad for Matt Parrott. Hopefully it's not too serious. But I think they called it a knee sprain. He might get more tests tomorrow. But it just didn't look good. It looked like one of those non-contact knee injuries. And I was like, usually not a good sign. But if it's a knee sprain, then hey, it's probably best case scenario. But he might miss the last game or two. So that would suck for Matt Parrott. All right. Defensively. We know it. it's the same stuff every week. The Giants' defense plays really well for a half. Sometimes they play well for the whole game. Like, we see that sometimes as well. I think last week, who did they play last week? Now I forget. But I feel like last week they put up a good defensive performance. I could be wrong. Now I forget. Oh, we played Dallas last week. I forget. Yeah, we, we played well on defense. Yeah, they held them like 21 points. It was a good defensive outing by the Giants last week. But this is one where it was a really good half. The Giants, you know, I think Jake Elliott missed a pretty makeable field goal, which would have made it 3-3. But I'm pretty sure the Giants were up 3-0 at one point, and they held them to three points at halftime. That was great. That's a great defensive performance. But the second half is when things really started to, started to unravel, and the Eagles had a bunch of points. Part of this was on the defense. I mentioned the pick six. So you can make that 34 into a 27. I get all that, of course. So, you know, 34 and 27 doesn't look as bad. But still, the defense definitely broke down towards the end. There were some big plays given up. We saw Devontae Smith have a catch down the right sideline for a bunch of yards. That was on James Bradbury. But honestly, outside of that one play, Bradbury played very well, in my opinion. Like, I don't remember him really doing anything bad. Um, Bradbury had a nice pass breakup on somebody. I forget the play, but Bradbury did play well, in my opinion. So there was that one play. There was one where Jalen Hurts made this awful decision to just throw pretty much across his body and downfield to Quez Watkins. But Quez Watkins was somehow able to make a catch in a contested situation over, I think it was Logan Ryan. I think it was Logan Ryan playing free safety there. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I'm pretty sure Logan Ryan was the guy in defense on that play. It was a jump ball, 50-50, and Quez Watkins beat Logan Ryan for that football and put the Eagles inside the 10-yard line. So that was not good. So they let up some big plays. There was that really nice play where Hurts rolled out to the right and found Devontae Smith where they called it a touchdown, then overturned it, and then called it a touchdown again. So that was a bit confusing, but I forget who that was on exactly. We saw some positives. Ellerson Smith made a couple of big plays. I could be wrong with this, but I'm pretty sure on the first play of the game, Ellerson Smith was the guy who punched out the ball on the kick return. I think I saw number 94, like, knock out the ball. Obviously, the Eagles recovered it, but that was a nice play, of course. And he had that one play where he got pressure. It was a screen play, so the offensive line was kind of letting him through. I get that, of course, but he got pressure in the face of Jalen Hurts, kind of rushed the throw, and Lorenzo Carter, I think, almost came down with an interception, so that was a good play. So to see Ellerson Smith come in here, the fourth-round pick, make uh, some impact plays, that was good to see. Hopefully, he gets more playing time as the year goes on. Um, but Lorenzo Carter is playing well lately, I must say. So that's back-to-back weeks for Lorenzo Carter of having a strip sack. I don't think we recovered this one this week, but still, it's good to see him get to the quarterback and have you know make pressure and actually do something. Because the first you know 15, 14, 13 games of the year, uh, it seemed like outside of the first Dallas game, it seemed like that Lorenzo Carter was not doing much this year. But now he's actually starting to play well. And now I have this fear that you know coming off the Achilles injury, because we know last year that Lorenzo Carter hurt his Achilles, that he's now finally starting to get 100% healthy and trusting his body. And he might be like a good player now. That's like my concern. I feel like we might let him go and he might thrive on a different team because now he's like totally healthy. So I don't know if that makes sense. But sometimes when guys come back from big injuries, they don't trust their body completely. So they're not playing well the first, you know, 70, 80 percent of the season. But towards the end of the season, sometimes we get those clues that this could be a really good player. And I'm not saying the Renzo Carter is going to be a Pro Bowl player, all pro player from here on out. But I, I am a bit concerned that if we let him go. He might be a good player somewhere else. So the Giants have a decision to make there. 
It's, of course, his last year, you know, fourth year of the rookie deal. So we'll find out what happens in free agency. But I do have a slight concern that maybe Lorenzo Carter is something. Maybe we should keep him. But if he wants to go somewhere else and win football games or gets more money elsewhere because we can't afford much right now, I totally get that. But, yeah, I just don't want him to go somewhere else and be, like, a great player. So that would not be good. I saw... Leonard Williams had a couple nice run stops. I don't think he did much against, you know, he didn't do much pressure-wise. He had one play where he almost got to Jalen Hurts on a sack. Like, he was very close. But really, outside of that, no pressure. So, you know, the defense was, um, we saw Stephen Parker, I think his name was, almost have an interception on Hurts, who made an awful decision. But the ball hit the ground, apparently. So that was called back. You know, some guys tried to make some plays. I I think Julian Love had a bad penalty in there at some point, so I wasn't too impressed. And, of course, our defense really broke down in the second half again. Uh, We saw Jalen Smith get three tackles. I mean, maybe he's a part of this team in the future. I have no idea. It's kind of an audition right now. I don't think Jalen Smith's the guy he used to be with the knee injury, but, like, still, maybe he could be a a fine death piece going forward. I don't know. So we'll find out if he can stick with the team or not. So, that's pretty much it, though, for the defense. That's pretty much what I have to say. Um, of course, I, as I mentioned, I was disappointed to wake up to that news of um, Daniel Jones and Joe Judge coming back next year. I don't know why both would come back. I just don't know what Judge does that's good anymore. I don't know. I say this every week, but I, I just don't know. Like, even our special teams gave up a big play today. Like, I, I mentioned Riley Dixon being awful at punting, but we also gave up a big return to Jalen Rager in the punting game. So... This guy's a special teams head coach with New England, but now our special teams is letting up big plays and not punting well. Um, you know, it's just not what you want to see. Like, I just, I just don't know where Joe Judge gives us a coaching advantage. I have not seen that yet this year. Like, not only are the Giants outmanned in most games, they're being outcoached in most games. And that starts with Joe Judge. He always is like, oh, I'm taking the responsibility. He, like, he's that type of guy. But just so far, the Giants have not been outcoaching other teams. Like, we are not a well-coached team. That's not the way I look at it. So... You know, if we don't have the players and don't have the coaches, that's a problem. And I think this is this is an easy solution. You could just let go of a judge and look for a better head coach because the problem is, like, the decision's already been made. Like, if you bring in a new GM, you're not allowing him to evaluate the quarterback position and the head coaching position. So, like, why would a GM take this job? Like, you're just basically... You're laying down so many guidelines for this next GM. If you have to keep this guy and you have to keep this guy, it's kind of like 2018, like you have to keep Eli Manning. And that obviously was not a good decision by the Giants. So we're kind of in this situation once again where the next GM is going to have to keep Daniel Jones, have to keep Joe Judge, and then that job becomes a lot less attractive. Now, I don't know why John Mayer doesn't get this and what his problem is, but it's like the same stuff, different year. And at this point, look, the Giants deserve to be bad. I'm not going to lie. It's not It's not like the Giants are bad because of like they're unlucky. The Giants are bad because they do it to themselves. I'd hate to be honest about that, but it's the truth. Like I, I would love to sit here and be like, you know, the Giants have been just an unlucky team the past few years. No, it's not the case. Have they had some injuries? Yes, every team has injuries, but the Giants, have done it to themselves, the way they've evaluated their own football team, the signings they make, all the terrible decisions and hires they make. It's most of it's their own fault. So I can't sit here and be like, oh, the Giants are only bad because, uh, you know, this guy got hurt and that guy got hurt and, and this happened and this happened. No, it's because they did it to themselves. Like this is not a well-run organization and this is no surprise. And with the Jets winning today and the Giants losing, I think once again, we're tied with the Jets for the worst record since 2017. I obviously, you know, Gettleman's gone after this year, but I just don't care about that anymore. I really don't. Because if you fire Gettleman and promote Abrams, like how much of a difference is that going to make? Like we're not making wholesale changes. Do I think that Dave Gettleman's a buffoon and 
doesn't really understand how to be a GM, yes, and it's going to help not having him here anymore, but how much better does it get with Kevin Abrams? Like, I'll try to be fair and give Abrams a clean slate, but there, there's no way I'm going to be excited for that hiring. There's no way, and I'm kind of mentally preparing myself for that. A few days ago, I was like, ah, oh, Kevin Abrams is not getting hired. You guys are crazy, but now it's like, no, that actually might happen. So after this Adam Schefter report, um, not what I wanted to see, not what I wanted to see post-thanks, not Thanksgiving, <laughs> post-Christmas, um, but yeah, that was terrible. So anyway, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out what they do in the coming weeks here. Only two left, guys. Two games left. We can get through it. Uh, At Chicago next week, I don't expect to win that game. Chicago's not that good, but they're coming off a big win. They're playing for Matt Nagy's job, the GM's job. I forget his name now, but the GM's on the hot seat as well. Something, what's his name? Something Pace. Ryan Pace, maybe? I don't know. Yes, Ryan Pace. Yeah, they have to save some jobs right now in Chicago, so there is something to play for. Uh, Justin Fields did not play today, but they still won anyway with Nick Foles. So that was good for them, of course. But, um, I don't know if Justin Fields will play next week. Hopefully he does not. And that of course can change the game because I do feel that Fields is their best option at quarterback. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that'll do it. Another embarrassing game. We could not sweep Philly for the first time in forever. So that was a bit disappointing. But as I said, at this point, I don't care if we win or lose. It's whatever. I'm still going to sleep fine at this point. I'm not getting my uh, self worked up over these wins or losses. It's week 16, 15, 16, and we're out of playoff contention officially now. So it is what it is. So we'll find out what happens though with the front office moves and the coaching and the quarterback and all that. You know, I want to make a video about what I think they should do, of course. I'll get to that eventually, but um, I think most of you guys know where I stand by now. But anyway, I might do that in the future. Hopefully you guys enjoy this video and I will talk to you guys next time.